0: Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Genevieve, or Genevieve Fit as she's known on IG. I absolutely love this conversation because Genevieve represents someone who no matter what happens in her life, she continues to radiate positive energy, and this energy is something you will be able to feel throughout this entire conversation. With an undergrad degree in kinesiology and a graduate degree in nursing, she is well versed in the field of health and wellness. And in our chat, she dives into the struggles she has had with her path and how she is using her past experiences to adapt to the new future that she is creating. She even conquers one of the biggest fears we all have as adults. So tune into this combo with Genevieve and whip out your notepad to take away some notes on how to conquer your own obstacles. What's up, y'all? It's another Thrive Thursday here on the Thrive and Life Podcast, and I'm excited to talk with Miss Genevieve.fit from Instagram. And I'm introducing her like that because that's how I met her. She actually listened to one of my podcast episodes. And one of the things that I always strive to do is when people shoot their shot, let them get on that podcast, have a conversation with them, because I'm always trying to inspire more people to go after what they want. She listened to the episode. She shouted us out. I started a conversation with her, love the vibe, and now we have her here today. How are you doing, Genevieve?
1: I'm so good, CJ. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun and so exciting to connect from a distance.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So where are you at right now?
1: I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, so way, way out east.
0: Yeah. So about, I think it's like, what, 1,500 miles away from Austin. So you got uh, Boston and Austin in the house today. But the first thing that we always do is we kick it off with some type of question that kind of piqued my interest. And for you, when we got into your story a little bit, I have moved around and have had to find new jobs, new careers, and things like that. And so have you. But One of the biggest fears we all have when we move is, oh my God, we're not going to find a new job. And something like that recently happened in your life. And for a lot of people, that can be their biggest worry that stops them from attacking what they want and really driving on life, which is what we try to inspire here. But you've conquered that demon. But I'd love to go into kind of how the heck did you end up in Boston and what were you hoping to do there in the first place? Because it's not what you're really doing right now.
1: So kind of a funny story. So I also have bopped around quite a bit in my life, grew up in Wisconsin, moved to Philadelphia, went to college in Michigan, went to college in New York City, ended up in Columbus, Ohio. And while I lived in Columbus, I was working as an oncology nurse at a university hospital, and my husband was looking to further his career. And so he took a job in Boston after us only living in Columbus for a year. Um, And I was kind of SOL in that situation where we were moving for him. And as a nurse, obviously, you can get a job anywhere. It's very easy to get a job. But I had this idea in my head that I didn't want to be an oncology nurse anymore. I wanted to move into a different field within nursing. And so with that being said, when we were moving... I was like thinking, you know, what should I do? How is this? How are we going to go about this? At the same time, we were getting married. Our um, wedding was three weeks away while we were moving, so kind of crazy. And our wedding was a quote unquote destination wedding. Um, It was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So while moving from Columbus to Boston, we were also commuting to Ann Arbor with our whole wedding situation. And so it was right around the holidays, and I Basically, it was like, okay, I don't want to get a nursing job right away. I don't want to step into something that I'm not super passionate about right now. So what can I do? And I thought about the things that I love, which are fitness and clothes and health and wellness. And the immediate thing that popped into my mind was either a gym or Lululemon. I'd shopped at Lululemon essentially for the past 10 years. And I was like, yeah, let me just get a seasonal position at Lululemon. Easy peasy. Awesome. Like, I love connecting with people that way. Retail can be super fun. So, I took a job at Lululemon thinking, you know, oh, this is just gonna be like a cute little three month contract. And then while I'm working there, I can look for this ideal nursing job that I made up in my head, which at the time was a labor and delivery or mother baby nursing position. And then, like, my world got turned upside down. I essentially kept hitting roadblock after roadblock with nursing. I just could not get what I was looking for. I kept – I don't even know how to explain it. It wasn't even like it was like big roadblocks, but it would just like be a red flag. Like, ooh, like I don't want that anymore. Like that seems weird. Um, And then the universe blessed us with this cool thing called COVID-19. And at the time, I was still working at Lulu. And now we find ourselves here, still at Lulu. And I've decided (laughs) to grow through the company. And I've completely – just walked away from nursing. I like to tell people that I've retired for nursing for the time being, which honestly blows people's minds sometimes. But I have never felt more secure in a decision in my life.
0: There's a lot to unpack there, and yeah. <laughs> even just for, from asking that question and your enthusiasm with with answering it. For those that don't know, I had some discussions offline with Genevieve, super powerful and motivating and energizing. And going into the end of this year, when we're looking to have guests on here the big thing always in the new year is is fitness and mental health and getting a kickstart to that new year. So I'm really going to be ending with a lot of people like Genevieve, where you're just bringing the energy and you're into health and wellness to inspire people to really take a step back and realize that the path that you might have been going down doesn't have to be the path that you stay on. And I think that's really what you kind of were seeing is We tend to attach ourselves to labels of, I was an engineer, you were a nurse, and it's like, as soon as you disassociate yourself from that label, you actually can figure out what it is that you actually like to do. But we are in COVID, uh, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, and we don't know when we're going to get out of that. And it hasn't obviously all been peaches and cream for you. So Mm -hmm. when you first weren't getting those jobs and you weren't landing that nursing, that labor job that you've kind of coined what it is that your perfect job was what was running through your head
1: i was honestly thinking like what is wrong with me like that's what i kept thinking i was like i've done everything right quote unquote like and the idea of like the societal life path like you go to high school you go to college you get a job out of college and like you know you work really hard in your job and then you move up and like in my mind i was like okay i've done it all why can't i land this job that i want I went through like an identity crisis almost where I was like, this is what I went to school for. So this is what I have to do. Like, this is what I paid money for. And so this is what I have to do. And I like was grappling with this idea that like, maybe this isn't it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've been taught wrong. Maybe I I need to step away and like figure out what exactly is happening here because things aren't aligning. Like nothing nothing was working out. If I could tell you how many times like I had connections with people at hospitals, like I was calling them. They're like, "Oh, this all sounds so great. Like you sound like you could be great for this position. Here are the people you need to contact." And then I would contact them and it just it wouldn't work and I'm like, "Why isn't this working?" Finally, I was just like, "Okay, I need to just basically surrender to what's happening and like take a step back and think, okay, if this isn't working, like there's a reason and I need to take a moment and figure out like, what are my next steps now? Because obviously this isn't it.
0: I love that. And in those moments, like what were some of the rebuttals that you were getting? So people in the audience, I'm sure are getting similar rebuttals sometimes when mm-hmm. they're going about life. And I'd love for you to kind of speak into when you are reaching out to these people and it is going great and your hopes are getting up. What was like kind of the the nail on the coffin that they were saying to you? Was it you're not experienced enough or what was it like?
1: So it would start out like everything sounds so great. Like I went through a nurse residency program. I did an accelerated BSN at NYU. Like I was summa cum laude. Like I literally had all these things going for me. Um, and they're like, okay, this all sounds great. And then I would talk to like an HR connect or something and they'd be like, yeah, sorry. You just like don't have enough experience like at all. Like we need you to come work at our hospital for two or three years. And then we can talk about possibly getting you into the position that you'd like. And and I would say I said to them, I said, okay, that sounds fair. I was like, but would you at least like like to interview me for the position? Like I I, I really believe that I have something that I could bring to this. And I was just getting like no's. Which like I'm totally cool with like interviewing for a position and not getting it. That's yeah. I think that's one of the most valuable things that can happen to you for a bunch of reasons. One, it kind of like kicks your ego down a little bit. Like if you're feeling really confident, um, it can be kind of like a reality check, like, oh shoot, like I actually need to improve. It's also a great place to get feedback. Like one of the greatest things you can do after an interview that you may have bombed or just didn't go well is asking, do you mind giving me a little bit of feedback, like what I could have done better, what you think I need to work on? Um, And I wasn't even getting the chance to do that. They were just straight up telling me, no, you can only apply for this position. This is the only thing we're looking for. And I just like... In my life, I've usually kind of been that person that'll be like, oh, fine. Like, I'll just do what they say. Like, I kind of listen to the superiors in my life. But this is the first time I was kind of like, F you. No, like, I'm not doing this. Like, I know I'm qualified. I know I'm at least a little more qualified than you're giving me credit for. Um, And so I just started kind of being like, all right, we're going with the flow with what's happening. And I just like, let it go. I said, okay, nursing, that's it. I'm done.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you get to a certain point where it's... You don't want to fight the system anymore you just want to cr- okay. recreate what what you want to do and and what fuels fuels your fire and fills your cup up is what right. i always like to say what is fueling you each and every morning to like wake up and be inspired and then what is filling your cup at the end of the day like did that day fill your cup to go into that next day to feel your fire it's always this right. like circular thing and if you're fighting an uphill battle and rolling the ball uphill it's just never fun you got to take that step back so were there any tools or things that you were using when you took that step back? Were there books you were reading? Were you meditating? Were you writing in journals? Because I think a lot of people, the biggest struggle is they stay in limbo because they're not, they don't even know how to take a step back because when you think about our society and our life, we're just constantly go, go, go. Like you were go, go, go through education system, got your nursing degree. You did the year of nursing and then like, bam, I have to take a step back now. So, what was the struggle in that? Were, were you using any tools that some other people might be able to use?
1: So at first I was just kind of sticking to my old tools, which really was just like working out, like working out has always been my like therapy, um, which obviously if like, I probably should go to actual therapy as well. I think those in those together would work very well. But at the time I was just working out. Um, and then I started kind of like, I always meditated like On and off, it had been something that had been introduced to me a lot, but I started getting into it a little bit more. I was using the Headspace app. I started dabbling in journaling, which I have now actually like think i finally cracked the code on what journaling is, which I used to think it was like, dear diary, this is what happened today, when in actuality, it's just like what the heck is going through your brain at that point in time. Um, so I had started journaling, meditating, and then I was listening to a shit ton of Of self help audiobooks, like I was Audible. I like have an entire list of these books that I was just like binging because I was trying to find this external answer. That's why I was listening to the audiobooks, and it turns out that the answer was always within me, which is why the meditation and journaling was so helpful. um, Because I finally came to why I was struggling so much with letting go of this idea of nursing and getting a job. Like I just like I was holding on to it. I really wanted it to work, um, and then, after a lot of self reflection through meditation and journal, I finally was like, okay like this is this isn't working anymore.
0: That's awesome, and I mean, there's so many ways I can go with this but i'd I'd like to unravel how did you even get into nursing in the first place?
1: Oh, see this is my story- I feel like my story is so long sometimes
0: I mean that's why that's why we have podcasts. this is what <laughs> it's true. Are saying people are signing up to hear your story and i mean i i I haven't heard this part of your story yet i know that you went into nursing and you had that year and then you transferred uh to boston but i don't know what actually inspired you to become a nurse in the first place and i think the other the other thing is like hearing the story could be is powerful because i think there's a lot of nurses out there i think there's a lot of people that go into the practice and then realize This really isn't for me, but I can use the skills of nursing somewhere else. And that's where I think you represent that a lot. So feel free to talk as short or as long as you want (laughs) through that story.
1: So essentially, when I was young, my father got the like US News Weekly report and brought it to me. And like when I was like six, I was so young. And he's like, we were going through the colleges that I was allowed to go to. So like that's when my. Life started in terms of like academia and like finding a job that will make you money and be sustainable long term, like something that you can stay in. So it was really like doctor, engineer, like that was really where my parents like were kind of leading me. I was always interested in science, Um, but growing up, I loved sports. So I actually ended up going to college. I just got, I went to the University of Michigan first. So my first bachelor's degree is actually from the University of Michigan. I did a four-year degree where I went into their literature sciences and arts school with no idea what I wanted, except for the fact that I liked science. Um, I ended up taking an exercise, nutrition, and weight loss course with a professor named Victor Ketch, who is an incredible, incredible man. He's really big in the exercise physiology world. And he essentially took me under his wing um, as a mentee. And I, he basically was like, oh, you should go into movement science, which is a degree at the University of Michigan that is essentially exercise physiology, motor control, and biomechanics. So like it's a precursor to physical therapy, maybe AT. So I was like, oh yeah, cool. Pre-PT. Great. Easy. Figured it out. Went through school and it was my senior year and I was still confused. I still didn't know what I wanted. And I was like, how am I going to get a job? Like The only reason I went to college is so that I could get a job right out of college because that's what everyone tells you you have to do. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to get a job. And I was panicking, panicking. And a family friend actually needed help over the summer um, taking care of his daughters while his wife was sick. She had been diagnosed with appendiceal cancer. And so I was like, oh, I'll take care of the girls. That's a great summer job. And it ended up turning into like, I was almost their family caretaker. So I was taking care of the mother. I was taking Care of the girls. I was running errands. I was taking them to all their million different sports activities. Um, And I was essentially almost in the position of nursing where I was helping Kathy with medications and things like that. And so it ended up that I was like, wow, nursing's like pretty cool. Like this is great. And then the other part of that, which is kind of ironic, is my mother was a nurse. But what my mom never told me is like her story in nursing. I just always knew that my mom was a nurse because she worked as the nurse at school and she would like know all this stuff about health. And like whenever like you'd get a boo-boo, she'd be like, oh, don't worry. Like I'm a nurse, you know, that kind of thing. So I was like, oh, my mom is a nurse. My mom's pretty great. Like, and like I knew it was in health and wellness and I was like, oh, this is good. Like, I'll be able to help people. Because that was what I decided in my mind from a young age that I wanted to help people. That was what I wanted. I was like, nursing's perfect. Like you're literally helping people all day. And so in that finally senior year of college at the U of M, I was like, okay, I'm applying to accelerated nursing programs. I applied to three. I got into two. I was like, perfect. New York City, never been there before. Let's go. And so <laughs> I literally moved to New York, got my nursing degree
0: and where'd you where'd you get it from
1: n y u so New York University, and I was essentially like new York City, this is crazy, so not my vibe. I'm very like an, an anxious person, so like the hustle and bustle of the city is like terrifying uh if you ever like that, it's very loud, um everyone's just running around everywhere and so I was in nursing school, and the whole time i'm like retrospectively this it's so crazy, but the whole time I was there, I was like, this is just like i don't I'm not feeling it." Like, I just, I'm not feeling it. And I was like, oh, this is just your anxiety talking. Like, you know, you're just anxious in the city. Like, the city probably wasn't the best plan for you, you know, whatever. And I, like, I loved nursing. I love the science. I love patient care. Like, truly, there is nothing more rewarding than taking, helping take care of a person. But I just, like, I wasn't feeling what I thought I was supposed to be feeling. While I was in nursing. But of course, I just continued on, pushed forward, you know, keep working hard. That's what you do. As they tell Um, us to do. Exactly. So I graduated. I was like, sweet, graduated with this nursing degree. Um, My fiance got moved to Columbus. So I was like, great, let's get a job in Ohio. Perfect. You know, I got this seemingly amazing job at this fantastic hospital and a wonderful program. And I, like every day was a struggle, like a struggle. I was upset. I would cry. It was, honestly, I would say that that year was the hardest year of my life. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And so essentially the question you asked was, why did you go into nursing? And the short answer is I wanted to help people. And my mom was a nurse and I thought that was the right thing for me. And it wasn't.
0: That was a great story, first off. Um, And I think it's a story that a lot of people relate to, including myself, where I like science, I like math, I like solving problems, be an engineer. And Mm -hmm. what I think what we start realizing is that, one, there's a million different ways to solve problems. There's a million different ways to help people. The problem we have is, and I just recorded a podcast before this one, and we were talking about the education system. The problem is they try to funnel you into these labels that make money or are safe ways that are at the top of the food chain, as people think, for helping people. So if you want to help people, be a doctor or be a nurse. But what if you don't like giving people medicine? What if you want to help people help themselves, which is where you're at now with physical fitness and stuff like that? So. I think the, the problem really stems from, and, and feel free to rebuttal this, but I think the problem really stems from, you wanted to help people, but the people around you, we never get asked the question, they never ask you the question like, but how do you wanna help people? Like, what, what does that even mean? So today, now that you've gone through nursing and we're in this kind of transition phase, everybody is in the world right now, what does help people look like to you today? Having already gone through that experience of like, you thought you were helping people, which you were, but it didn't fill you up like you had expected it to. And now today you kind of have a different lens, but what does that look like for you today?
1: So it's so funny that you asked that because I have been thinking about this a lot, like in actuality, like what was I looking for? And I think COVID has really brought this up for me, but like I thrive off of connection like connecting with people. I can make a five minute connection with someone like in our store um, when they come in, just, you know, they're looking for something to buy. And I feel just full of energy. Like it, it makes my day if I can just make somebody smile. It's just, it's so bizarre because I thought in nursing, a lot of people are going to the nursing. They're like, we're saving lives, which you absolutely are. Nurses are incredible and so important to the healthcare system. But like there's that added stress of you are keeping someone alive. Whereas like in the situation that I'm in now, I get to make a genuine connection, make someone's day and they get to go on and like be happy. And that it's small, but it's so vital. And like someone might remember a connection they have with me for the rest of the day. And I think it's just, I don't know, it doesn't have to be as big as you think it does. I think that was what I had to learn myself.
0: What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Genevieve. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the combo with Genevieve.
1: I always thought I had to like it had to be like a grand gesture. My my like imprint on the world had to be a grand gesture. And in actuality, like it's a compounding effect. Like every small connection I make with someone leads to me making a bigger impact on the world. Does that make sense? Wow, that was like pretty profound. In my, it, it, I think that sounded pretty profound.
0: <laughs> this is right up my alley. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna rebuttal that what you just said a little bit because you said. Again, people put the nurse, the doctor, the the engineer. They put them on a pedestal. But if if you're really after helping more people, think about it like this: like you like connecting with people. First off, I'm going to challenge you. You need to you need to start your own podcast. Like that's a great way to connect yeah. with people. And if that gives you energy, like you you have what it takes to do that, and you have experience in life and the ability to connect with people fast. You're a super connector, uh, is you. what I call it. <laughs> and podcasts are great for that. Now, here's what I'll tell you. If you have a podcast, even just an average podcast, and let's say 10,000 people a year listen to that podcast, there's no way in hell you're ever going to help 10,000 people in a hospital in a year. You just can't. You physically can't. So Mm -hmm. how many do you help a day there versus if you have a podcast and it's positive and it gives people information and it's valuable, well, then maybe five years later, now it's 100,000 people are listening to it, and then a million, and then... Not only do you have a podcast now, you have an email list and you have uh, Mm -hmm. people watching your videos. So like your actual scalable impact has nothing to do with the job title. And again, I'm not putting down any title out there. Like it's just finding what works for you. And this relates to me so much. And this is why I'm fired up about this is when I was an engineer, I started realizing like I'm doing this work that a lot of people are inspired by when they do it. But I wasn't. So it's, it's work that, like, you build a bridge, like, that's really impactful. You build something, it's impactful to people's lives. But I wasn't getting that spark. And I was just like, this is really weird. But then people would ask me to, I was an athlete like yourself, and people would say, hey, what are you doing in the gym? What are you eating? All these different things. And I was just like, at first, I didn't want to help them because I was like, I'm not certified. I don't have time. And I just wasn't, at the end of the day, confident enough to help them. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to see, I'm just going to help one person and see what it, what happens. Right. And I start helping this person and their, their, their whole life changes. Like when you, when you change someone's health, their, their entire lives from them shaking hands with someone to their job, to their relationship with their significant other, it completely changes. And then I was like, holy shit, there's something to this. Now, how do I scale this? I realized as a personal trainer, I only had so many hours in a day as well. I couldn't scale that thing to help more people. That's how I got to this podcast in general was, wow, my mission is to help a million people thrive. The only way I get there is through platforms and modalities like this. And the only reason I'm even talking about this is because as you're running through this conversation, I'm like, you're perfect to kind of lean into the same thing because I had one of my best friends, Fias, He runs Prep your door out here in Austin, Texas. I had him on the podcast earlier this year, and I asked him, he helped me start this podcast. And I asked him, it's like man i'm in a funk and i have a question for you like what's my superpower because i just read a book which talks about finding your superpower and leaning into that and he was like man this is an easy one i don't know how you don't see it that's what pretty much what he said he's just like if i walk around to a d- bunch of different communities here and they say how did you get involved in this somehow you're involved in that person's story and i was like oh, that kind of makes sense because I have ADHD, because I can't just stick to one thing. I go to a lot of different things. I go to a lot of different events. I meet a lot of different people. I'm super nerdy. I like sports. I like health. I just like learning. So I'll go to a ton of different things and I'll meet a ton of different people, just like what you were saying. And he was like, you just need to lean into that super connection more and figure out how do you build your business around you doing that every single day more and more. So You just went to one of our Lunch and Learns yesterday. That's how Mm -hmm. it started because my whole goal with the Lunch and Learns is you went to one where I was speaking, but normally it's somebody else speaking. And my goal through it is like, hey, whoever liked what Genevieve was talking about, please connect with her outside this. I get your deck that you have. I then give your email out and I say, hey, connect with her. She presented this. If you have any questions, like don't ask me, go to her. And I figured out these different modalities and different pathways to make that happen. So my question for you is you talked about you love connecting with other people, is that your superpower? If you think even a little bit harder, when you have these connections with these people, what do you do for them? What do you provide for them that you think helps them just as much, if not more than when you were in that nursing scenario?
1: That's so funny that you say this, because this actually like makes me think about something my husband says to me, And like it probably sounds like a brag, but it's not like I don't think this. He tells me this. And he's like, Genevieve, when you walk into a room, like I've never met someone who isn't drawn to you who doesn't love you. He's like, There's not one person on this earth that I've ever met that's been like, I don't like Genevieve. Like everyone loves you. And I don't like I don't see that. I don't feel that. But at the same time, like maybe like the super that super connector thing really makes sense. Like that's it's like an aha moment right there. Like I didn't even think of that.
0: So I have to dig why, like, because it's purposeful, like people think that like we do naturally attract people, right, but right. subconsciously, like innately in us, myself, for example, like I like diverse people, I like right. diverse ideas i I never have been the type of person to put someone down for an idea they brought to the table or how they think. I just ask a question, why do you think like that? Why are you like that? And then I learn because i. I don't know just from a young age I just have been fascinated by the world. I don't know why, but when I started leaning into like when I would go into a room and it's funny my wife would say a similar thing, she's the opposite of me and that's why we work really well mm-hmm. because I bring out the extroverted side in her and she makes me more introverted which helps me refuel my my energy because I'll burn myself to the to the ground if I'm allowed to to and <laughs> When I walk into a room, it's like, it doesn't matter if I walk into a room of engineers or a room of entrepreneurs or a room in sports, like I'm going to walk away from that room with a new friend and a new story that I've learned about. And that's just who I've always been. So I connect with that really well, but I kind of know why in my head, I, I'm intentional a lot of the times when I do it for you, where in your life was that intention kind of set to be that person? If you can think back because it is a little bit more intentional than than we give ourselves credit for and you you can brag like that's another thing where gaining confidence and putting yourself out there if you brag like hey like my goal is to walk into rooms and and leave people with a great impression like that's there's nothing wrong with that
1: so i feel like it's i don't know where it started to be honest like i feel like i've done this for the majority of my life but i think what it is is i give people space like the space they need To tell their story, like I can sit in a room with someone and they could talk at me for as long as they needed, and I would like just take it in, like whatever they needed to say. And I don't care what anyone has to tell me, unless they want me to care, obviously. But like, like I'm not going to judge you for whatever you have to say. And I think that's also part of it. I like, I love everyone. I love the energy that everybody brings. Everybody has something special to bring to the table. Um, and maybe like people see that in me. They see that I accept who they are and what they have to bring because everybody deserves that space to share their story and share what's going on with them.
0: I love that active listening. Mm -hmm. I think that's, if you can dig a little bit more into that, like off, off this podcast and your, (laughs) and your superpower, that's something that I wish everybody, maybe that's what you could teach in, in our lunch and learn that, that you're going to put together. Um,
1: Ooh, because that's actually a great idea, intentional yeah, listening.
0: Yeah, intentional listening and how – I mean, in today, especially with today's political climate, like, I see so many people shout from the rooftops their views without understanding, like, what the ultimate goal – what is the ultimate goal? All of us to be prosperous. Like, people mm-hmm. tend to forget the ultimate goal is everyone – let's all be prosperous. Like it's not, it's not, I'm prosperous and I'm going to push you down to be prosperous. That's kind of the attitude that most people have. The only way you get to everyone being prosperous though, is to actively listen and put yourself in that person's shoes and just let them be like, let them be who they are. They have their own experiences, their own like upbringing. The only way, if your goal really is to change them, quote unquote, Shouting at them, your side is not going to change anybody. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize in today's world. And for you, I think what you were experiencing is your husband saying, like, when you walk into a room and when you walk out of that room, everyone has a good impression of Genevieve. The reason they have that good impression is because you let that person be themselves. And when people can fully be themselves, they like being around that person. So for for instance, for me, I've deduced it down to, I am the vulnerable one first always. I will tell my story. I will say like, I fucked up here. I did this wrong. Um, this is the pain I'm in right now. I'm okay with saying that. And the reason I'm talking about that is do you find that yourself as well? Not only with active listening, do you find yourself being willing to share a little bit more than the average person? And then that person is then able to open up a little bit more. And ultimately at the end of the day, that builds trust and trust is the ultimate to making friends Feeling good in the community. And when you leave that room, that person feels like they can trust you. So that's really where that impression comes from.
1: Yeah, I think it's like just leaning into being my authentic self. I don't think I, since my early 20s, I don't think I've stopped being who I really am. In fact, I've become even more of who I am as the years have gone on. Um, And something, a lot of feedback I get. On my Instagram page is just like I just love how genuine and real you are and like of course like I'm never gonna go on there and be fake like there are videos you can go back and go back in the archives of me like bawling my eyes out on my story and that's not to get attention that's not like that's just me being like this is real this is a moment I'm having um and I do that in like my everyday conversations in my everyday life like I am the goofiest Craziest person! If you watched my story yesterday, there's literally a video of me running and jumping onto my bed and proclaiming to the world, "I'm 27 today." Like, you know, it's just like you just gotta be yourself. Like, have fun. Like, that's ultimately like what we're all here to do: is step into ourselves and shine who we are out into the world. Um, And like I said, everybody has that unique light that they can give. And I just, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe that's my, that is my superpower. Just letting people know, be yourself because yourself is awesome. Like everybody is so freaking awesome.
0: Yeah. And the best way to let people know is do what you just said is be it and be the change that you wish to see in the world. And it's a famous quote and everybody should live by it. And not enough people do, probably 90 plus percent don't do that. And I'd love to shift this conversation because you mentioned a word that I've been this entire year, even through everything going on, trying to bring into my everyday life more and more and more. And you mentioned fun and play. Mm. So when I think fun, I think play. How do I play more? And for you, what does that look like? Obviously, we have constraints right now, but if there were no constraints... You can even go into a little bit like that so for instance for me one of the things that i've picked up recently is i joined a new gym and there's a basketball court there so i've been playing basketball and i haven't played basketball consistently since i was 12 years old so just picking up that basketball i used to have a hoop in in my driveway and i was like wow this really helps my mental well-being because if i'm having an off day I just go shoot the basketball for a little bit And I immediately almost feel better within 15 minutes. I was like, holy shit, I took this out of my life. It was such a part of my life before it was gone for a decade and now I'm bringing it back and it feels great. So for you, what does play and fun look like?
1: That's so funny that you bring up basketball because basketball was my thing. Like I was such a disservice to me to be born five foot two because (laughs) Uh, I would have been a WNBA player. I believe it for like like deep in my soul, um, but I too actually over quarantine bought a basketball, bought myself some dope basketball shoes, and I we actually have a court at our gym, and literally I have been playing there. Now I can't right now, but I have been going there and playing, um, and it just like fires me up. I'm like, this is so fun. But another thing I've been really trying to do, and people that follow me on Instagram also know this. I, like, suck at dancing. Like, I'm actually, actually the worst dancer that ever existed on the planet, which cracks me up because I played so many sports growing up, and I, like, can play... Like, if you were to give me a new sport to, like, learn, like, I could do it in a week because I just, like, that's who I am. I love athletics. But, like, for whatever reason, I cannot dance for the life of me, but I still do it. Like, I get on my story. I dance... Like a crazy person, I've been taking like dance cardio classes on my mirror. Let me tell you, it's freaking hilarious, but that's fun. Like I enjoy that even if I suck. And I think that's something that we like need to lean into more as a society is like doing things that we're bad at. Keep doing them. Like who cares? Nobody, if someone judges you for like not being good at something, like that's a reflection on them. That has nothing to do with you. Like do your thing, like do whatever makes you happy be curious, find more things that make you happy. Like I really want to try rock climbing. I just haven't had the chance yet. Um, I'm looking into it. I want to get into snowboarding and skiing.
0: Bouldering. So you're in Boston. I went to a huge, like bouldering place in, in Boston. I don't,
1: who is there? You're going to have to tell me where it is. I'll have to
0: look it up. Um, but when I was there, we, we traveled out to this like really big place where it was like bouldering and, and rock climbing. And it was like a little, um, See, I would love kind that. of like Ninja Warrior-esque. They had stuff like that there too. Mm. Um, but that is in your area. <laughs> so check that out. And I love where the combo is going. And it's funny because for everybody listening, Genevieve is the type of girl where she saw me juggling tennis balls <laughs> and doing squats yep. at the same time on my Instagram page. And then she DMs me and says, <laughs> I just bought tennis balls and you're going to see me doing this like tomorrow. And she true literally story. did it. <laughs> this is a true story. So that's the type of person she is. And I'm saying that because I, I want more people to be like that where um, if you see something cool, you see something you want to try, go do it like immediately. And don't mm-hmm. don't give yourself the chance to even say no to it. And I've said this before in even just like if we're talking about social media and you're, you're looking up to people. Instead of just thinking something, so we have this habit as human beings where if we're looking at social media or reading a book and we're like, wow, this is really great. My challenge to all of you listening right now is to go tell that person, is to make that connection, just like Genevieve does, where if you see something cool, DM them and say, hey, this is cool. I'd love to try it. It takes literally one extra second of effort, but it's going to make your life so much better. And I've I realized this myself. And even again with Genevieve, when she did it, my buddy Mike then started doing it with eggs. I challenged, we, oh God, we challenged that him with so the eggs and the eggs. Once he drops the eggs, it starts like they start blowing up everywhere. So he's imagine a guy juggling eggs and doing squats at the same time. And we're all like, I'm about to be 30. So we're all like in our late 20s, early 30s. And this is what we're doing to have fun, right? So I love what you said about curiosity. That's a word I think a lot of us lose. And being curious to learn new things without the repercussion of anybody caring. I think our ego lets us gets the best of a lot of us and we Mm -hmm. care too much what others think. And that's why we don't want to try... Um, new things and you also brought up the dance, which is funny because <laughs> before COVID, we were going to there's this place called Ballet Austin. So after this, if you ever get out in Austin, now that I know that you're terrible at dancing, um, <laughs> I'm bring you to ballet Austin and we're awesome. gonna do a hip-hop class because
1: oh my god, yes, we're gonna
0: compete for the worst hip-hop dancer. At Ballet Austin.
1: <laughs> oh my God! No, I'm gonna find. In seventh grade, I told my mom, I said, "Mom, I want to take hip hop classes." And there is a video out there oh, hell of yeah. little thirteen-year-old Genevieve doing, like, actually being the worst person on stage. I, I'm gonna have to find it now so we can compare after. Yeah, we Yeah. So, this class.
0: and you're also gonna have to find <laughs> this because when we release this episode, I'm gonna put this that video side by side by the episode and the minute mark. So it's funny no because so my wife loves to dance. We grew up dancing, and that's how. I love to dance too, like at bars, at freelance dancing, stuff like that. Freestyle, not freelance. Uh, <laughs> I, I can do it. I can, I can move. I got some moves. That they all make fun of me say I only have three, but I have like seven. Uh, <laughs> but the reality is I never had gone to hip hop or anything like structured. And mm. it took, I think, my buddy, one of my buddies, Corey, was going to Valley Austin and seeing him go kind of, he's an athlete just like we are put in my head, I was just like, why have I never done this? Because I don't really have a fear of looking stupid anymore. Like I've just tried so many things that it just doesn't scare me any- mm-hmm. anymore. But I just thought to myself, like, why haven't I done this? And when I really kind of thought back to it, it's I had lost my curiosity with things around me because I was so into my job, my business, like mm. everything that I'm doing, like what we're supposed to be doing is where I'm getting at with this. What we're supposed to do versus what we should do and must do as as ourselves to fill our own cups. And I'm gonna pick your brain a little bit on this. Was nursing something that you felt like you were supposed to do versus something that you must do? And now you're more in the area of like, what must Genevieve do to get to where she wants in life rather than should she be doing?
1: That's an important distinction, the must and the should. Because I put both of those in the same box, which is like, what's an expectation? But I definitely thought that that's what I should be doing. That's what I was expected to be doing. And the must is to be determined, but it's chasing that connection and making a positive impact no matter how small or how big. And I think also it ended up being, for me, allowing yourself to be selfish. That's something that I've never done in my life. Because I always put other people before me. That's just kind of like a lot of women get taught that. A lot of people get taught that in general from a young age, you know, like, oh, no worries. It's fine, whatever. And at the end of the day, like, actually, it's not fine. Like, this is your life. You only get one. And so I'm kind of reprogramming myself to figure out how to be just like a little bit more selfish. And what is it exactly that I want from my life? And what kind of impact do I want to leave, whether that's big or small? But I want, like, on my last day, I want to be able to say, hey, like, I did things that were awesome for me. And, like, maybe, like, I helped some people along the way. But at the end of the day, like, I'm proud of who I am and who I've been in this lifetime. And so that's kind of what I'm chasing now. It's so funny as you age how things change if you asked me that question five years ago, I'd be like, yeah, I should still be in nursing. That's absolutely what I should be doing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're not changing over, over your age or doing something wrong, that's kind of how I look mm-hmm. at it. And that's why I'm embracing like, like I'm excited to get older. Yeah. I, it used to be more of a pressure. Like I want to be older. I want to, I want to have responsibility. And then you get into this phase of just like, fuck responsibility. I want to be young again. <laughs> and then now it's more of like accepting, you know what? I'm getting better as I age and I, Oh I, yeah. I'm caring less about, Things that I sh- should care less about and caring more about things that I should care more about: my health, my relationships, my mental capacity to handle the stressors of life. But have you ever heard the quote, "Be selfish to be selfless"? Yes, it's one of my yep. favorite quotes, and it's something I wish that we were teaching every single kid because I, I fall into the same habit. And as wi- like women are natural nurturers. And then males, if we if we just go back, and this is how nerdy I am. I study like <laughs> humans' civilizations and where we came from. And I love that. And you think from a ground level, like when there were saber-toothed tigers running around us and there's there's no shelter, a man is naturally stronger than a woman. So what were mm-hmm. they naturally doing? Okay, they were the builders, they were the hunters, they were they're they're quicker, they're So they go off on their own. They're very independent. And then who nurtures and makes sure that everything is safe at home? The woman, right? right? That's just how civilization got to where it is. And we have a lot of issues today because innately that's who we are. But then we start realizing like, well, if I'm going to nurture all these people, you have all this stimulation. Like when you were in the beginning of civilization, you only had to nurture the few people around you. You couldn't connect with people on Instagram or through Zoom or through all. So now we feel like we have to take on everybody's fucking problems, even from 3,000 miles away because they can just text us any minute of the day. That's what I found was my biggest struggle because I find myself through my life, I always cared a lot more than a lot of people. Like I care about people. I've been an empath. It was just like my mom is one and she takes Mm -hmm. on the problems of other other people. And I saw that and I, I took from that but I never truly struggled. And I'd love to, to hear your side of this. I never truly struggled with that until like technology got to the point where it was overwhelming. Cause like when I had my little community at home and it was like, I could kind of silo off and and re- recharge I would say. But then mm. once I got out of college and there's just, do I keep up with my friends from home? Do I like, I have to keep up with my family. Then I move to these new cities and I have new friends and. Everybody else has their own needs and it started becoming really overwhelming. How in your life, and this could be a new question for you that you haven't thought about. So I'd lo- I'm just kind of spitballing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you are an empath, if you do take on those people, how is like technology taken a toll on you? Because I think a lot of people out there, that's what they're really struggling with. And they don't, they they haven't really thought through it like I have. And as soon as like now I don't pick my phone up in the morning, I put it away uh, at a certain time. I close my laptop at a certain time. I pick it up at a certain time. I feel a million times better. I feel like me again. What about you?
1: Yeah, so that's so funny that you bring that up. So I am too an empath like through and through. Um from like a young age I was overwhelmed by crowds, overwhelmed by emotions, couldn't figure out why. I was like what's wrong with me? Everyone's like, "Oh, you'll grow out of it." Until I figured out what it actually was. And I will say technology as a society today, I believe that we rely on it way too much and it has created it's a wonderful tool. Do not get me wrong. Fantastic. You and I are connecting from Yeah. Hundreds of miles away. Like, that's fantastic. However, there's become this expectation that you need to be readily available at any time to any individual. So, like, my boss could call me right now and, like, that there would be the expectation that I answer, right? Or my mom could call me tonight after I haven't answered her text message in 15 minutes and think that I'm dead. Whereas it used to be that, like, You would call your friends using your landline that with your phone number that you memorized, and like you would get like an hour, and then you'd have to like get off the phone. And I think what you're doing is like really vital, especially to people that are empaths, which is stepping away from your phone. I don't think people really understand energy transfer, and this is kind of like quantum realm sort of stuff. But like every time you look at your phone and you consume social media you're consuming energy and like whatever energy is that is whether that be positive or negative which i would say that in the current state of the world most of what we're consuming is extremely negative it's very hard to filter that it can get so overwhelming and i think giving yourself the permission to unplug to step away you i mean you can let people know hey look like I'm taking some time away from my phone or even like creating blocks. I don't remember. It was in a book. They talked about how they create like office hours, essentially. Ah, you know what? It was in a book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. It came to me now. Great book. Highly recommend. Um, but it talks about having office hours. So like this one guy like let hit like his mostly his family and his friends know, hey, like I commute from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. and 5 p.m. to 6 p.m you can call me in those two hour blocks. Like that's when I'm available. But that'll be the Love only this. time I pick up my phone. And it's like a that's like a really cool idea. Like obviously like make it your own, right? But like let's say for you like CJ, like you're an entrepreneur. Like you obviously have like like you schedule your life out like to a T essentially to be able to make maintain your businesses. Like what if you said, okay, my lunch hour is normally twelve to one, I'm gonna let like my brother, my sister, my parents you know, my wife's family know. Like, this is the time that I am available for you to talk to me. Call me anytime in that within that time frame. You know, and then if not, you know, I'll get back to you the next time frame I have available. But it's really like being selfish with your time. If we want to go back to the selfish thing, this is a thing to be selfish with. So be selfish with your time and be selfish with your energy.
0: Oh, wow, these this past I think you just that was like a two minute talk. Sorry, that, that was no, that was. I, <laughs> I could have listened to that for 20 minutes. That was so powerful. And I can't wait to hear this on on the replay because that's what you just said. The whole world needs to hear. Like right now, this moment, not even just empaths, just people in general. And I've actually never, I think a lot about a lot of things and I never thought about time blocking for like the communication side of things because like, for instance, I was just on a family vacation. My brother just got married. And one of the things is, is like, Talking to your family. Like when you're a thousand miles away, it's when do I call them? When do I talk to them? How often do I talk? Like you, you these are the things you think about. People think about. And for me, I think I'm gonna put all my energy into my businesses and to what I'm working on so that one day I can spend massive like I can take a month off and spend the an entire month with my family. That's how I think. But on the other end of the spectrum is you have my parents who are getting ready to retire and, and their age, they just want to hear from me every once in a while and just to talk to me. So it's, it's, it's not conflicting, but it's just like two different, we're in two different paradigms of our life. And I think what that allows for what you just talked about is the same paradigms to come together at the same time where it's just like, Hey, like if I look at my schedule and I see there are some times where I have gaps in between things, I'm driving to different things. Like, these are the times that if you're gonna call me, just give me a ping, because the biggest issue I have is I just go. I'm a goer. Like I just seven mm-hmm. days a week I'm going. So if you call me, I'm gonna call you back. But if you don't call me, I, I'm not the person that's just like I'm gonna call you out of the blue. Like that's just not how I right. operate. I'm like I'm gonna call you if I have a purpose of of calling you. Like I have something cool I want to tell you or something maybe think of you. But I'm not just gonna say. Hey, how are you? What's up? Like that's not my personality, which is not wrong. I'm not saying that's wrong for anybody, but it's just not me. But if someone calls me, I call them back. So if I tell align those times, that's that brings up such a good thing. And it it also brings up you don't just have to do that with what we're talking about. You can be time blocking for anything. It could be exactly for yourself to to eat, for yourself to to work out, for yourself to play, like once a week, time block in play and like, hold yourself accountable to that. And I look at it now as just like, that's, I don't know why I didn't think about that. So thank you. And I'm I'm going to, but I'd love to shift the end of this combo into where are you at today? And like, what are you striving to do? I know you're, you're figuring a lot of stuff out, but you're at Lululemon now. And Mm -hmm. in your eyes, one year from now, again, it's all theoretical because we don't know what's going on with COVID and everything going on. But as you keep, moving forward, what do you hope to achieve in, in the next year?
1: So I definitely see myself continuing to grow through this company. I like love Lululemon. I love what they stand for. Um, and I've loved my experience with them. And I feel like they have allowed the space for me to grow um, in more ways than one. Um so I would love to like be stepping into a higher role possibly within the company. However, I also like have a feeling that this is not my end game. Like I've really started tapping into that like gut feeling intuition type of thing with things. Um because really the number of times you have a gut feeling in your life and you don't listen, you finally hit that peak where you're like, okay, finally, okay, I'm just going to listen. Um and so I know, like I know this isn't my end game but I know that 27, like I have just, yesterday was my birthday. So today I'm 27 in one day and I just like have this, I just have this excitement about 27. I don't know what it is. Like I was also like bumming about my birthday too. I was like, sucks, whatever. I'm like, I turned 27. I'm like, 27 is going to be dope. Like, I don't know why, but I just have this feeling. So I see myself continuing to grow with my Instagram. I have really let that thing fall to the wayside um, for more reasons than one. It's hard to keep up with when I don't actually know what my niche is, but I think you got my my gears grinding on this and like I, there's a direction I might be able to go. But I see myself moving forward at a, a fast pace towards what we're not sure, but 27 is a year of growth.
0: I love that. And I feel that and if you want a piece of advice or not, I'm going to give it to you regardless. Um,
1: I would love it, please. More people
0: need to hear what you have to say. So lean lean into that. Um, Thank you. And also with the, the empath stuff, more people need to be put on by you. And what I mean by that is building yourself a platform. And this that's kind of like what I did at Thrive to help other people get their voices heard. That's what really fires me up because – I consider myself the people's champ. Like, I just want people to win. I get fired up when other people are winning. I don't get fired up when other people are losing. And it's just always, that's just how I've always been. Um, I grew up playing team sports. I'm good at individual stuff too, but I always just love like, When you have a team win and you're hanging out at the hotel after, like it's no better (laughs) feeling. So I try to replicate that in my life and podcasting and masterminds. And you were talking about a retreat yesterday. Like if you lean more into those and anybody listening, the question I want you to leave here with is that superpower. Like what's your superpower? Lean more into those. What people disregard is if you're doing something you don't love, life just feels slow. But when you do something that you do love, you can accomplish so much more in a year than you actually thought you could just because you love what you're doing. It's just going smoothly. And I think for you, more people need to hear you, hear what you have to say, but then also because you have this other side of you where you, you are a listener, an active listener, if you can put other people on a platform for them to be heard, I mean, you're already thriving, but you're just going to uh, take it to that next level. So I love that answer. And the last thing that I always ask everyone, which is kind mm-hmm. of... A piggyback off that question is your moonshot goal, which would be less about like what you're doing in this year and more so like what would be cool 30 years down the road to say you have have done? And the reason I ask this is because there might be someone out there right now that's listening to it that one, connects with it, but two, might be able to help you get to that goal a little bit faster. So for me, I always say it mine is like education reform, building a school, doing things like that. Um, so for you, what what would be that really cool moonshot goal that you're seven years old and you're telling a story and you're like, I did this, these couple things in my life. What would that what would Genevieve say?
1: I think I came up with it yesterday during the lunch and learn. I actually like had a little bit of an aha moment. I would love if someday I helped impact people at a young age and help them learn that you don't have to be in athletics to be fit. I think we have totally created a society in which people who didn't grow up doing sports, didn't grow up in athletics, don't think that they are allowed to be a part of the fitness community. And that's just like not true. Like fit health, fitness, health and wellness is for everyone. In fact, I encourage absolutely everyone to do it because it's not a one size fits all and to be able to empower people that don't get that experience. Like I was super privileged as a kid to be thrown into sports, all kinds of sports and be able to participate them. But not everybody gets that opportunity. And I would love to be able to teach people later in life that fitness is not about athleticism. It's about like your longevity and living the best life you can in the healthiest body you can create because you create your body basically.
0: That's an amazing answer. And if you need help with that, let me know because that falls right in line with my core values and where my wife and I are going—longevity—that's something that I've been diving into a lot more now. And I'm actually reading a book called *The Four Hour Body* by Tim Ferriss right now mm. to learn more about the body and priming it for longevity. So it's cool that you brought that up. The universe always gives us the answers when we need them, so it's so cool. Um, but before we check out here, I love my ultimate goal in life is always to connect people. Like I said earlier on this episode, uh, the super connector. How does somebody that listened to this that vibed with you, how do they get in contact with you? It's the best way.
1: I have two contacts. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Genevieve.fit, so G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E dot F-I-T. And then you can also find me on my blog that sometimes get you, sometimes gets used, sometimes doesn't, um, at peacelovegenevieve.com.
0: Awesome. And just like she said, please connect with her this was an awesome interview um chat combo I love I absolutely love what you're up to and where you're going and your mindset around it all because it's an inspiration to a lot of people right now that are in it in a transition probably much like yourself and to just see how you're going about it is super inspiring I took a lot away from this and probably the the biggest thing that I I took away from all this is that curiosity is don't ever lose that curiosity as a human being like that's what separates us from every other animal out there is like we get to be naturally curious and on a dime you can choose to change your mind you want to go try something new just go do it and there's there's a bunch of things in my head that come up I'm not going to get into that now but you definitely left me thinking like where can I be more curious in my life um outside of what I'm doing right now so thank you for that And before we end, is there any last parting words that you would like to tell our audience?
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) Put me on the spot. spot. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, you know what? I have it. Um, You don't know what you don't know. So get out there and find out what you don't know.
0: I love that. That's an amazing quote to end on thank you again Genevieve for for coming on the podcast I really appreciate you thank you for sharing us thank you for just reaching out in the first place and thank you for shining your light on the world this is CJ Finley with the thrive on life podcast y'all I'll chat with y'all soon thrive on what's up y'all this is CJ again and on behalf of our small team at thrive on life I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive On Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and join our Mighty Network. In this network, you will find a diverse group of people that is on a mission of self-improvement and honing the mentality to get 1% better each and every day. Within each improvement we make as individuals, we can then be of service to this world and help it get better as a whole. What's awesome is we've already had people make new friends, receive job offers, and collaborate on new business and creative opportunities. But most importantly, within this group, you will be guaranteed the ability to learn, grow, and share experiences with other like-minded individuals. I know the community would love to connect with you. Before I sign off though, I'd like for you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.